recorded live. God bless. God bless. We welcome everyone, the young men, women, and God for our wide ministry tonight as we present to you our Bible study as we are studying out of the last chapter of Ephesians, the sixth chapter. So uh, tonight we just ask you to join with us. This is an open forum Bible study. Please, any questions, any comments, anything that you want to make as I go along, please be free to join in because I don't know it all. And God can also use you to share something to open my eyes and something that I can't see. So I want you to come and enjoy yourself and know that you are a partaker of this Bible study. This ain't about me, but it's about you, 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 and you sharing in the Word of God. Amen. We just thank, we just thank, thank God for everyone that's here right now. We're going to ask evangelists. Easter to open us up with prayer. Again, woman of God, could you just could you just open us up with a with a prayer? One, and a lot of y'all might say that's new to coming on this line, but why we do that is because we want to invite the Lord in. Plus, we want the Lord to put a covering that we don't get attacked by the adversary while we're going through His Word. Yeah. We just thank the woman of God for being here and being able to uh, utilize her to bring a word, to bring a prayer up unto the throne of grace. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Reverend Carpenter. Good afternoon to everybody who's on the line tonight. Know that Jesus is on the main line. Tonight is the night to tell them what you want. Um, let us pray. Most Holy Father, we come to you tonight to lift up our eyes, our ears to you, and thank you once more for life this morning. Father God, thanking you for your message that will come forth tonight. Bless the man of God to deliver the message that you, Almighty God, have to still and face the hell. Asking you to give peace and comfort. Blessing to everyone on this line tonight, as well as ones not on the line. Almighty God, look down upon our children. We need you now, God, to give us strength and to abide in your word. Almighty God, order our steps. Thank you, Lord. As the word come forth tonight, Jesus, give us obedience to the word. How to train our children. Yes, Lord. How to place in their heart. Yes. But not depart from it, Jesus. In the name of Jesus. As we look down, as you look down upon us, and we look up toward you. Give us a word tonight so we can surrender and yield to your word. Yes, Lord. And teach our children the way they should go, to be a service to them. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. 
Amen, amen, amen. We thank the woman for the word of God, for the prayer that went up. And we just thank her for the words that she spoke. And we just thank God for her. Let me see this. Amen. Amen. All right. We're going to go on um, and move because I'm just excited about us moving through the last chapter. I don't know if all of y'all been here from the beginning, but Ephesians, or Ephesus as some people call it, is, is a book that opens you up to the whole New Testament. And it's about just embracing God and all that he is to us, all that he can do, all that he will do. And the thing about it, it tells us about all the things that he supplies to us to be able to walk in our salvational life. And tonight we move into the last chapter, the sixth chapter of Ephesians. And let me give the announcement. Um, every Monday night we have Bible study. Um, next week we'll be entering, and I'm looking for God. I don't know if you want me to go backwards or frontwards, so um, we'll we'll be posting where we'll be going because I don't know if God wants me to go back up from Ephesians back to uh, to Romans and come on back to Romans and Acts and all that back to Ephesians and then go over to um, Philippians and Colossians and Thessalonians. So i got to see which way the Lord is going to lead me. But I have just enjoyed being here on every Monday night that the Lord put on me to start having Bible study again. Um, and we're just looking forward to the grow, more people to come um, and be a partakers of this because it's, about, it's just about learning the Word of God. And, and and it's something when you could come to a place that you could share. There's a lot of places you could go in your own home churches and and go to Bible study, and it's not you 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 really got to struggle to get in if you want to get a word. Because whoever sometimes some of the teachers or pastors are, it's about what they say, and they ain't trying to hear what you say. So we just we just we just look forward to people inviting their friends to come and come and share. Plus, I get asked to go teach a lot of other Bible studies. Um, and all of them, we have a good time. They open for Somebody told me last week that it seemed like I had more fun on the Bible study that I had, that I was teach that I'm teaching with somebody than I have here. But I told them the spirit that's over there is going to come over here because more people start coming and more people start joining in, and we'll start having the same fun. Because um, I'm one, I share a little bit, but I love to hear what y'all have to say. And it's just exciting, you know, to want to know what you know, what you've been learning, how you've been growing, and then know the places that, that, that God may have me in a place to be able to bring you into a place of correction of what you thought something was that it really wasn't, so. Just join us on Monday nights, and I'm telling you, we'll have an uh, exciting time. Okay, on Wednesday nights, we have the open mic. This Wednesday, we're having 
uh, Apostle Ezra, um, please come and hear this man of God. I'm telling you, he's probably going to bring his whole church on the line. But he's an awesome man of God. He is, came and gave a word on the open mic before, and we had a mighty but powerful good time with the man of God. So come and just come and support him and come in fellowship on the open mic every Wednesday night. We have a different speaker from across the country. And some, and I'm going to say we have different speakers from across the world that comes on. We even have our friends from the Bahamas, Jamaica, and Trinidad that come on the line. So we're going to say we have people from across the world that come on. And as God opens the door for me to select someone, he puts a name before me, and I say, okay, I'll get in contact with them to be. So come and just hear the different people that come to share the word of God. Um, and I'm telling you, you'll be blessed because God don't connect you with nobody that speaks their own doctrine, but he connects you with people that speak his doctrine. So come and hear what the word of God has to say to you. Yeah. On Saturdays, we have the Real Talk Show, and we have um, Ladies Night at the Roundtable this week. And it will be Ladies Night at the Roundtable. Please come and join our host, Pastor Robin Albright, as she is going to be talking. And I don't have the person's name in front of me, but she's going to be talking with one of the apostles. I think it's her, her, father, her stepfather or her father. And she's going to be talking with him about um, the covering that we are under and the power of this covering. And, different things that are, that would change from the old covering to the new covering and how did it make this this covering we under more powerful than the covering that our ancestors were under. So please come out and join and share with her. We just want you to know any talk shows that we have, even when people come to preach in this open forum, we allow you to make comments. We allow to hear what the word said to you. And I'm saying it's nothing like to be in a place that sometimes you can uplift a person that gave a mighty word from God and don't have to worry because a lot of times what we have in church, we can't get up to give a comment about the word we heard. And sometimes we can't even get to the speaker to congratulate them on God using them. So... At least here you get the opportunity to be able to voice your opinion or make your comments on what you heard the night that you are on this line. Um, and all these are at 9 o'clock. Then on Tuesday night right now, Pastor Albright is having uh, her call, which is a survival kit. She's doing a call and a segment on the survival kit. Um, please look up on my page on Facebook. Like I said, I usually they usually do the announcements. I don't have the paper in front of me to tell you the numbers and all like that. But um, look on Facebook. You will see it on mine and on my dear friend that, that opened up with prayer. We thank God for the woman of God, Evangelist Easter Williams. She has the Bible room. So please search out the Bible room, become friends with her, go there in fellowship, 
and you will see some of our stuff posted on her page in the Bible room. And uh, then on Friday nights, we go and sit with um, Elder Renee Brooks on her line, and we will put her stuff up on our pages, and you will see the night that she's on, and you could come and join her. We've been having a, a, a good time with her as she opens up different segments of, of conversation to talk about different things and different topics on her line. I'll I, I tell you one thing. There's, there, we, we thank God for this year because we didn't have this kind of connection last year. And we thank God that he wants us to have a place that we can not just sit around our houses and look at TV that's and right. be on the phone with somebody else, but we could be on the phone listening to the Word of God. We can be on the phone sharing in the Word of God. And I'm telling you, you know, there's nothing more gratifying to God than see his people joining with each other inside of his Word because a lot of us don't spend the time like we need to spend in the Word. You know, we won't get amen about that, but God knows. Because in Second Peter says the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and God watches everything we do, so He knows that we don't spend the time with Him like we should. So He made these other opportunities for us to join in true fellowship to be able to come on these lines and be able to share His Word and be able to enjoy His Word with one another. And I'm telling you, there's nothing more gratifying than to be able to be online. And I'm telling you, when you take the time out, you have a good time. Um, please take the time to go up on the Bible room. I just put something up there for you women about the virtuous woman. I'm, I'm hoping that you all will pay attention because for the next three days, I am going to be uh, putting up the characteristics of a virtuous woman. And uh, and uh because there's so many women always looking for their Boaz, but they don't know that Boaz is looking for the virtuous woman. And the thing about it, what we have to understand, it takes a virtuous man to find a virtuous woman. So, you know, we we, we, we think that, that it's time for us to really know the characteristics of what is virtuous. So please go up there and make the comments. Share with us on that, and I'm telling you, your comments will be able to help someone else doing the inventory on them, on a woman on her own self, and then she truly walking and being a virtuous woman. Um, in the name of Jesus. So, and it gives you a chance to go fellowship with some other people and meet some other people that's in the body of Christ. Um, with that, I think that that's all the announcement. We thank everyone that joined us. Last night, uh, God opened up a special Sunday word last night, and we had a good time. I'm telling you, we talked after. Some of y'all might have hung around. Um, but the whole thing I found out got taped. It usually stops at a certain hour, but when I listened today, it taped the whole thing and the whole conversation that I had with Evangelist Easter Williams and uh, Pastor T.J. Smith from out in Albuquerque, New Mexico. And I'm telling you, there were so many other people laying 
on the line and just listening, not able to or not wanting to share, but we had an, uh, an awesome conversation after the words. So if you get a chance to to tap into that. I'm telling you, you will be fed some real revelation, no words that were spoken uh, during that conversation. Okay, okay, okay. Let's let's go on and get into the Bible study. <laughs> I tell you, um, God is doing an awesome thing inside this ministry. People are being healed. People are being blessed. God is truly doing some awesome work. <laughs> Amen. 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 We'd like everybody to take the time and turn over to Ephesians. You know, um, we're going to be in Ephesians 6 as we are going to end it tonight. Um, I'm telling you, if you get the opportunity, go back into Ephesians and read for yourself because it is awesome. It's awesome. When you take the time to see all that God has done with us in the book or in the Episcus of Ephesians. Father God, we come to you right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we thank you for all you have done, all you shall do. But, Father, we come at this hour and at this time and at this moment, Father God, asking you to come down and sit with us in your word, Father God. Father God, open up the dinner table to us this evening, Father God. Let us be able to eat the words that shall fulfill us to be able to walk in your continence and walk in your spirit in a more fulfilling way, Father God. Father God, we just ask you. To let your servant sit down and let you stand up. Let it be more of you than it is of him. And in, in instructing us in your word, Father God. Father God, lift us up that we may be able to embrace your yeah. word in such a mighty and powerful way that it may bring a different way of walk in our lives, that we may bring up the application of your word to take us down our destiny path, Father God, that we may walk it without leaning to the right or leaning to the left, but stay on that straight and narrow place. Yes, God. That your word will keep us in perfect view of your son, Jesus Christ, for he is the word, and the word is him. So if we have the word in him, that we can draw ourselves under him according to your will and your purpose in our life and your word, Father God. So, Father God, we ask that you pour your word, you pour your knowledge into us this evening and the revelation to your word that may, may rule and abide within our spirits, that we may be able to walk in those things that we never thought we could walk in. But because of your word, we were able to see how to walk in the right direction. Thank you, Lord. We praise you. We exalt you. We magnify you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 I'm excited. <laughs> I am excited, Father God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. I got to give him a praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father God. No praise. 
There's nothing like feeling his presence. It is nothing like feeling the presence of God. Again, we're in Ephesians, the sixth chapter. And we want to start out with you talking about the duties of of children. It starts out and says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee, and thou may live live long on the earth. And we want to just stop and talk about even when we were children, that the word told us to obey our parents. But the word that I want to, to reach out to y'all, that it says, which in the first commandments with a promise. What was the promise that God told us that if we obey our parents and we respect our parents, what would happen? That thou, that thou days may be long on this earth. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, God. And the thing about it is that we've got to understand that in such a in such a, a way that we've got to respect all elderly people that were older than us. Yes. yes. It wasn't just about our parents, but anyone that was older than us, that was a grown adult, we respected them in all in, in whatever manner that respect had to be given to them. It didn't make no difference if they were wrong, we still respected them. Right. We're different than the generation that is here now because they'll cuss you out in a minute. We wouldn't even cuss. Whew. So true. We wouldn't even cuss. Get knocked down. Because of what, of, of what our parents taught us about mm-hmm. being respectful to older people. Mm-hmm. And that's why a lot of our young people are dying, dying and dying so many at such a young age. Because they have no respect for themselves and they have no respect for their elders. And this is why the word of God said that we should bring up a child in a way that it shall not stray. And we need to bring up our children in the word. We need to bring our children up in the word. Our children, it says that the two commandments for children are obey your parents and honor your parents. And we have to make our children understand. You know, um, they say there's four reasons for children to obey parents. It says this is right, a commandment, a blessing of well-being, and as the evangelist said, long life promised to him. Ah. Amen. Amen. Wow. <laughs> I say wow because we need to be able to take our grandchildren, take our little children, and sit them down, read this word to them, and just what I just explained to, what I explained to you, what were the four reasons, and let them know why. Because one thing about this generation, they're more knowledgeable than we were. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Why, why, why are they more knowledgeable than we are? Because there's so much electronic TV, 
that, that my granddaughter, she when she was little, my granddaughter, when she was like two or three years old, she could sing songs and rap and all that. And I'm like, golly, you're just going to be one smart little kid when you go to school because you can't even... You can't even read yet that good, and you and and, and Beyonce, come on, you singing her whole song. <laughs> oh yeah, you know what I'm saying. And I'm like, golly, you know. But these kids are more knowledgeable than, than we were at their age, and they know so much more. And that's why we have an opportunity to feed the Word of God into them, because if they can remember. The things of the world by memory, how much more would they remember the things of God? Mm-mm. Somebody say amen, because that, that, that's awesome. That children are where they are. And some of you on this line got children, got grandchildren that you're watching. And I'm telling you, you start feeding that word into them, uh, and they could be two and three years old, and they will obtain it. Because if they can obtain the things of the world as a child, why can't they retain the things of God? Mm. Hmm. Amen. Amen. So we we, we must be conscious of letting our children know the duties of being a child. Reverend Carpenter, I would like to stay on on that where you stop at on the third chapter, just like my three-year-old granddaughter, um, Taylor. My daughter would see something today that was so amazing, and they're very, very smart. Um, she said, Mom, um, you know what I did? I missed and said some, a bad uh, use of profanity last night, and um, she called it this um, sugar honey iced tea. She used it in my home because I don't like that word in my home, but she said, and she used that profanity word last night at her house. And all of a sudden, her three-year-old daughter, which is my granddaughter, said to her, stop, stop cussing, stop cussing. And she said she was so amazed. How did she know how did she knew that that was a curse word? How did she know that when she said that word, a three-year-old knows that that was a curse word? She said, stop cussing. Mm-mm-mm. But the word of God knows out of the mouth of babes. Yes, yes. And God will use a child to even correct an adult. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, and I, I, I really enjoy what you just said because we we need to be able to respect our children and give ear to them. And that's, that's what our, our fourth and fifth verse is going to go into. And we're going to talk about that for a minute. It says, ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in neutral and admonishment of the Lord. And and we need to nurture, up in the nurture and admonishment of, of the Lord. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, um, the thing about it, that what is it telling us here about for us men, and this, this is for us men, and, and, and the thing about it, I, I, I understand why this scripture is right there about us men. Because, see, when I don't know about homes today, but I know when I was a kid, my mama did a whole lot of talking, but she said, wait till your father get home. 
So it was like, it was like, you may not got the beating that you should have got, but when this guy come home, you're going to get it. And I don't, I don't know about too many. Can y'all hear me? Oh, yes. Okay. I, I didn't want to make sure I was, that was still on. But I can understand about him, the word of God saying about don't let us provoke the children. You know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. I'm telling you, it would be something so small that we said, Mommy, y'all, you don't need to tell Daddy. I'm going to tell him anyway. <laughs> 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 and I don't, I don't know how I can do something about my home. I know one thing. She told my father, my father was the type of man that he worked two jobs. So when he came in, he might come in 11, 12 o'clock at night, and we'd, go, we'd sleep to go to school the next day. He would come and whip your tail, and it would be, he would whoop you to, to awake. We call it the wake whooping. Because you would be asleep, and he would whoop, whoop you into being awake. Mm. He wouldn't come in there and say nothing. He just started taking that step and tearing your tail up, and you'll wake up getting beat. <laughs> but it was, it, was, it was a part of us being able to have discipline for my mother and know, yeah, we better not get caught doing this. And it made you think a whole lot, a lot more about what you would do. You know, but it, it lets us it lets us know here. It says uh, about the father. There's two commandments for the father. It says, "Do not provoke." And God wants the father to help nourish and demolish the children in in the Lord. It says, "Provoke not your children to wrath. Avoid sensitivity, anger, harshness." Cruelty, because cruel parents generally have bad children. And correct, do not punish. Punishment is is from a principle of revenge. Correction is from a principle of affectionate concern. Mm-mm, ain't that something? Oh, yeah. We need to understand that, and we need to be able to tell our children that. You know, punishment. We didn't look at it that that, that like that was a revenge type thing. You got punished whatever you did. That was a thing. That that was a word. You want to get on punishment? You don't want to get on punishment. So you did everything to try to avoid getting on punishment. And sometimes you'll take a whooping before you get on punishment. <laughs> If you can turn it in, you say, look, Daddy, just beat me. I don't want to be on punishment. Because punishment was like going to jail. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know about how some of y'all got punished, but punishment was like going to jail. And I, if some of y'all want to talk, y'all can talk. Because punishment was like you're going to be in your room. When you come from school, don't come out that room. Do you know what it is to go in that room every day? And 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 it's you know it's nice and, and just before the winter or, or or it happens to you just as the summer's come the spring is coming in and you got them nice days and you done did something and they got you locked down for the whole week every day you come from school. Mhm. Amen. And you, 
and you had to go in that room and stay in that room and then come out that room, sometimes they fed you in that room. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> don't, don't be down south with my grandmother and them. It, 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 that's, you don't you know, get, get the punishment of the room, but you also got that switch. Mm-hmm. I take the belt over the switch any day because the switch would leave webs on you, and you would you would cry, and then you'd be finished crying. And all of a sudden, you look down and have all them webs on you, and it'll make you cry all over again. <laughs> oh, true. <laughs> if it was going back to the old time way, we wouldn't have so many um kids with the pants dropped down, girls, which you can see, which you please. Um, half naked. Amen. Amen. They would go back to the old time way, but nowadays you got children raising babies themselves. Amen. 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 Um, and we and we let society into into our homes, and we let them come up with regulations to regulate how we can discipline our children. So true. And and when we let that happen, that a child could run, do you know if I was a child and my mother beat me and I ran to the telephone to call nine one one on her, she they, you know what? I would I wouldn't even be here because she would have lived up to that. I brought you in this world and I take you out. I would have got taken out. You let me call some authority figure on my mama. I was, <laughs> them people better keep me. Because if they ever drop me back off on the house, they'd be coming to my funeral. Reverend Carpenter, um, to question that, how did how did that happen? How did um, what I want to ask? How did it happen to let society um, come into our home? If we should punish our kids, that only thing they they have to do is call 911 or call them. How did this happen? How did it happen? When we started getting, when people like Oprah and the rest of them started telling stories about being molested when they were children and all this and things that happened to them when they were child that in the black community were never spoken about. When we ever looked at the color purple that that, uh, Whitney Goldberg's son Harper was from her father, you know, and, and and these things went on, but they didn't talk about them. It was it was just a part of things that went on. Well, people like Oprah and all these people started coming on TV and started talking about all this stuff happening in the home when they were children. That society decided to jump in and say, "Well, we're not going to let it happen no more. Mm. We're going to make it so a child." And go to the phone and know they can that they, they can call somebody because open all excuses that they didn't have nobody to tell because nobody would believe them and they were scared because no one would be able to protect them. And you got to understand that they, and, and and anybody can go check. Just go back and check that at the time that open all of them started saying this. The laws about children has has started changing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The laws started changing. You know what I'm saying? You can you can't do nothing to your child. Once they told your child they could go to the phone 
and, and called 911. The authority of the home was thrown out the door. You didn't have to fear your parent no more. There was no more fear of your parent. They really, um, it really is against, I mean, to me, they're against God's word because God's word said do not fear the rod. And um, as my daughter was in the Army and her drill sergeant asked her that, um, uh, so you're not afraid of me? And she told the drill sergeant that, not really because I had a drill sergeant as a mother. So she was a very tough drill sergeant. Mm-hmm. And that was only preparation for her when she went in the Army that she knew how to follow instructions. Yes. And that's what that was. Also, we got to remember that um, after a certain age generation, um, and probably so far coming in my generational time, and I'm in my late 50s, so we, we we're looking at that generational time. What has happened was the fact that uh, a lot of young women in my time were having children, and they would be 13, 14 years old. And by the time you figure 10 years, they 24, their daughter's 10, and then the next 10 years, they 34, and their daughter's 20. And they right there hanging out with their daughter. And then a lot of a lot of them didn't even bring up their child. Their mamas brought them up, and they were still hanging out. So, so we we look at what a lot of things that that occurred that were so different, you know. Um, there's two things that happened, and the generations before us, either. Your parents got married young, and uh, and what happened was a lot of young women married older men. Like my mother, my mother was thirty, and my father, my father was twenty years older than my mother. And and he had five kids before before he married her. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, five, five. He had seven kids before he married her, and then he had three with my mother. That then he had ten kids. So you know, we looked at that they married older men to younger women, and a lot of a lot of the, a lot of the homes, a lot of the homes were run were ran with authority by the by the husband. You know, come on. I mean, if you, if you got brought up in a home with a father, you feared them. They're, they're, yeah. You grew up to fear them. It wasn't, it wasn't no joke that, that when this guy came in, <laughs> you didn't want to be on the wrong side of him because he was coming to get you. <laughs> you, didn't get no, you didn't get no free pass. You didn't get, if, if he was told you did something, he got you. Yeah, it, it was like he just—he was waiting to come home to get somebody, and 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 with that with that kind of control in the house, we we learned how to have discipline. Yeah, 
in our homes and, and much respect for our parents and for people because people in the neighborhood could beat your tail. Mm-hmm. That's true. Your teachers could beat you in school. They could take a rule and spank your tail and go home. Tell your mama. And when you got home, you got another beating because your teacher gave you a beating. All that changed. And this is why the generation is like they are. It was 12 today. of us. Um, we were in the paper. Um, my parents, it, um, we were in the paper cheaper by the dozen once my mother had her 12th child my mother and father, and so we hated when my, uh, mom used to say, well, we tell our father come home, that she's not going to beat us, and we, oh, my God. Uh, we used to sneak and put on about three or four layers of clothes because we know when dad beat us, he's going to lift us up and tear us up with the belt. And But he found out that, you know, we had on those layers of clothes, so he, because the beating wasn't touching the, the skin. So, therefore, um, we had to take off those layers of clothes and he would beat us again. But um, as mom and dad raised us, you know, um, nobody's not perfect, but we have not forgot um, our, you know, how they raised us to be with respect to elders to say yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, and, and things like that, and my mother saying. Amen. And that, that what it, that's what it was. And that's why, why right now that, that where we at in Ephesians is telling us that we need to know how to bring up our children, and we need, we need to go back to what our parents did to us. A lot of us got older and said, well, I'm not going to treat my child like my parents treat me. I'm going to get them a little more. Mm-hmm. And, and each generation said, I'm not going to treat my child like my parents treated me. And that's why we have children the way they are today. Because if they would have stuck to what kept them in the right frame of mind and the right order, then this generation of, of children would be in that same order. That's right. Would be in that same order. So we, you know, we, we can't blame the children, but we have to look at the parents and blame that we brought about the change in the way children are brought up. Yeah. Amen. Um, as we move to the next part, uh, even talking about the nourishment and acknowledgement, it says bring up. Just hold on for a minute. Okay, I'm back. I'm back. Uh, bring up a child. It says bring up a child and and nourish and acknowledgement of the Lord. The mind is to be nourished with wholesome discipline and instructions will, which will bend them to, towards God and Christian living. Child training and education, discipline and correction, and, and chastising and chastisement, which are some of the things that will bring them into the right mindset. And and that's that that is so true that, that from 
These things are put into place, and we nourish a child. You know, even today when, when I deal with the youth, they'll, I don't forget that I was a child. And it's so easy to nourish them when they can identify with you and the child that's in you too. Mm-hmm. See, 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 we want to put the authority on them, but see, you need to meet them where they're at and come down to their level and deal with them on a child's level and then let them be able to raise up and respect you as an adult. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But when you go in there with that, with that, with, with that authority, I'm older than you, I'm grown, you, they become rebellious. Because you didn't come in and try to listen to them. You want to tell them. And, then, you know, you hear kids today, oh, you will never want to hear what I've got to say. I hear them in, the, in Walmart and all that. And they stomp and do all that when a parent just needs to take the time to listen to him or her and be able to coincide with them in what they want. Sometimes you've got to compromise with your children in order for them to come and understand where you're at. And that's what the word of God is saying. We've got to nourish them. We got we we've got you know, it is something to be holier than thou at church and get get home and be the wicked witch of the north. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm telling you. You know, you know, I I, I preached a sermon one time and and I was in uh, New Jersey at First Baptist Inglewood. And when I preached the sermon I preached about that God has secret agents, and, 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 and in the message, it was about that God's children, your children are God's secret agents. Because one thing about it, when you're, when you're not nice to your children, your children will spot everything you do and go back to church and tell everybody about you. School too. <laughs> so you can act as holy as that as you want to when you get to church, but your child don't tell them how you act at home. Mhm. Yeah. But when you have a relationship with your child, and you and you and you treat them as being a child of God, a Christian, and you treat them with that same Christian mentality that you do in the house of God with the people of God and you have that same mentality with your children, your children will respect you more because they respect you in both places. Because that's how we respected our grandmother. Our grandma, grandmother, when I tell I, 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 I'm always got my family in one of my sermons, and my grandmother is one that I talk about because I never saw this woman act no different at home or even at the church. She was holier than thou to me. But when she died and they started talking about how she was before she came to church, how she used to be in a juke joint, how she used to beat up women over my grandfather and stuff like that, I got mad because y'all lying. That wasn't my grandmama. Uh-uh. Y'all crazy. Y'all better get out of here because that's not the woman I knew. Because she never showed me that woman. Right. See what I'm saying? So, you know, we got to tend to want to be the nurse and, 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 and care for our children the same way and the same mentality that we display with the people 
at the house of God, we need to display that same thing in our own house, in our own home, with our children. Yes. Amen. Amen. And, and then we get a better understanding. Let's move on. Anyone have any comments they want to make? I'm open. Don't you be quiet down there, prophetess, uh, uh, Pamela, because you got a house full of children and grandchildren. <laughs> yeah, I always want to say that, you know, uh, my my. I have two, and I wasn't always real. I, um, they watched me, like how you say, play church, been holy than thou in church. And when Amen. I got um, I cursed, used profanity, every word in, that I could use. Um, if they make a mistake, I would tan their butt, beat them. And they would say to me that, um, Mom, um, you shouting and you know, you was praising the Lord, but look what kind of what type of words you were using when you got home. So children are very observing, and they are Amen. very, and they are listening at one thing and hearing another. So um, I'm just keep putting myself out there so I can help someone else. Um, you have to be real with our children because. They watch us everything, even our grown adult children. They watch us everything that we do, and nowadays the grown adult children would call it would call it out. There, they, you know, they would say things to us that we know they are right about it, but we Amen. feel we feel like you need to respect um, me because I'm your mother, uh, I'm your father. That they don't want to hear the realness of what our children is telling us that, that what we do is wrong. And so, therefore, uh, just letting we can't play church and go to church and be holy and be something else when we get home. Amen. Amen. But there are so many people that do that, that will play church and have one mentality and one character at church, and when they get home, they become the wicked witch of the north. You yes. know what I'm saying? And, uh-huh. and, and believe me, after a while, your children will tell everybody just who you are. Exactly. You may get away with them when they're little, but as soon as they get grown and they can talk and they, and they ain't got to be around you, they're going to tell their girlfriends, their male friends, they, the people they're in the, the youth choir with. They're going to tell some of them people just how you are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And that's why the word of God says here yeah, we need, to be able to nourish with wholeness of discipline, instruct them, which will bend them towards God in Christian living. And that's the truth. We need to be able to, to be able to discipline them, be able to do all that, but be able to let them know that, you know, just as well as I chastise you for what you do, God chastises me for the things I do too. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Don't you think that I get that, that I can't if I let you get away with it, then I would be different than God trying to let me get away with something. There's nothing that He lets me get away with. 
No, no. And then, uh, you know, you take your child and you nourish him with the word. You let him know that God chastises those that he loves. When I chastise you, it's because I love you. Right. Right. And, and see, when you give the word of God to them, they get to, to identify. When you're going through something, they'll say, Dad, okay, you're going through that, Mama. What did you do wrong? <laughs> Daddy, what did you do wrong? God's chastising you. You know, because sometimes they'll see us going through some of the things that God is just talking us for. Yes. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. This is awesome, I'm telling you. Um, we want to talk about the duties of a servant. It says, servants, be obedient to them that are your masters, according to the flesh, with fear and trembling and singleness of your heart as under Christ. Not with our service, uh-oh, as men pleases, but as the servant of Christ doing the will of God from the heart. Would with goodwill doing service as to the Lord and not to man, knowing that whatsoever good thing any man doeth, the same shall be received of the Lord, whether it be born or free, whether he be born or free. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about that for a minute. It says, servants, be obedient to them that are your masters according to the flesh. That's deep. Very deep. Because it's not telling us to be, be be obedient to them according to the spirit, but be obedient to them according to the flesh. Mm-hmm. I want to hear what, what that means to somebody. Come on. Somebody tell me. According to the flesh. Mm-mm-mm. Somebody, 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 come on, y'all. I want to hear what that means to you when it says, servants, be obedient to them that are your masters according to the flesh with fear and trembling and singleness of your heart as under Christ. What it's telling us, it's telling us to obey your masters. Okay, and we would say today, be faithful employees. And you're and you're being faithful when you go to your job to to, to somebody that's walking in the flesh and not the spirit. And why is saying that? Because even Christ respected the laws of those that were in the flesh. When Pontius Pilate called him up there, he came. When the, when when he had to go before this one, and he asked him, well, "What are you? Are you this that?" And he said, "Who do you say I am?" <laughs> he he told he told us. He says, "Give God what is what he give." He said, "Give God what is God, and give Caesar's what is Caesar's." And he was telling us, be obedient to their rules, respect them, because I did. 
and that's deep because a lot of us get to the point to not understand what it says over in Hebrews about respect the authority that you under. It's not only talking about in the church, but it's also talking about those that, that, that we are under in the natural. Because if we manifest the character of Christ, you know what I'm saying, then we're going to respect those authorities. Because he did. He never disrespected the Pharisees or the Sadducees. Could you imagine a bunch of men running up on you all the time trying to get you this trickery and trying to trick you into something? A lot of us be done cussed them out, but Jesus didn't. A lot of us be ready to be ready to get in, into battle with them, but Jesus didn't. And we have to look at that. It goes on in the sixth verse. It says, "Not with our service as men pleases, but as servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart." I like that. Not with our service. Mm-mm-mm. You ever been? You ever been in charge of something and had to tell some people what to do, and then they give you they you know a lot, lot of y'all been been when choir directors and some of the people that were in the choir didn't like what you was doing, but they did it anyway. But they gave you a look. They gave you some eye service. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they gave you that look like, yeah, all right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's what the word is saying here. And you don't need to you don't you don't need to be obedient with our service. That's right. You know what I'm saying? And I, and I was one of those too. I I'm gonna keep it real. I was one of those too. Mm-hmm. Mhm. But God, a lot. yeah, you know, but God. <laughs> but the whole thing about it, 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 it let us know that we didn't have to have that mentality to be up under somebody's authority, don't like what they say, and then give them a bunch of eye service, like you know, only if you wasn't the boss. Mhm. You know what I'm saying? We had to respect that. But it also told us don't be a don't be a man pleaser. You know what I'm saying? Don't listen, listen. I'm not gonna kiss your butt because you my boss. That's it. You know what I'm saying? And and most of the time, people that are men pleasers, they're telling everybody else about whatever you're doing because they want to kiss the boss butt. And a lot of people do that in church. A lot of people do that in church because they want to kiss the pastor's tail and be and be that good person under the pastor. And a lot of y'all on this line know some of the people that I'm talking about. Yeah, for positions too, for positions in the church. That's and it. That's it. And envy, they will mm-hmm. go to the pastor, um, um, to tell untruth to people mm-hmm. about a person just to get in their position. That's it. That's it. Not knowing that sometimes some pastors. 
have the gift of discerning. They already know that when you come to him, that you are lying to him. Jesus already mm-hmm. placed that in his heart. They know that when some people come to a pastor, bishop, ministry, or whoever, that the gift of discerning, that they already mm-hmm. already know that you're getting ready to come with a lie. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, you discern after a while people that always want to come and run and tell you about people that they're juggling for a position. And you, you gather that, you know, when you're in leadership, especially as a pastor, bishop, or whatever, you know what I'm saying, where, where you're in a place to delegate people in authority positions in, in the body of Christ, you, you'll find them people that run up on you and, and, and want to be a man, please. Those are men, please. That's why it says here, and it tells us, not with our service as men, please, but as service of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart. Amen. And that's so, that's so awesome that God wants us to be just like Christ and do the will of God from the heart. From the heart. You know? And we need, to, we need to really take that in because whatever we do, we need to do it just like Christ would. You know, they, they used to have a saying that came out, what would Christ do? I was glad they took it down after a while, but they used to have them stickers on the back of the cars. What would Christ do? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And the thing about it, that we have to walk in that mindset. We don't need to think about what Christ would do, but we need to do what he would do. It ain't like we don't read about his character in the word. And it's not that we don't have nobody that can activate his character in us because we have the Holy Spirit in us. All we got to do is give way to it, and then it'll move us to respond just like Christ would respond to things. And that's when we, let, we, lay, you know, we lean over to the Holy Spirit. I always talk about my experience. I had a person one time I was Clinton, North Carolina. I rented out a house that I my father's house, I rented it out because he moved to Greensboro and I I was the overtaker of his house. And I rented it out to this to this guy that was a friend of my 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 ex mother in law's uh uh family and the guy never paid me. And I was going to go up there and put him out. Oh, man, I was on fire. And um, his mother wanted to talk to me. And his mother was a Christian woman. You know, she was finally baptized and all that other stuff. And I had talked to her a couple of times. And I wasn't willing to talk to this lady because she was supposed to send me some money, and she didn't send it either. And all of a sudden, they got me, I'm down the road. They come down the road, I'm in my watermelon field. They come down there and say, the lady's up here on the phone, she want to talk to you. I'm walking, up, I'm walking up from the field and I'm saying, Lord, I said, Holy Ghost, I need you to talk to her. Cause I, if I talk to this woman, boy, it ain't going to be right, please, Holy Ghost, when I get up there, please take over, please. I got on that phone and talked to that lady, and I don't, I don't remember one word I said to that lady because I told the Holy Ghost to take over. And she called my godmother. My godmother said, called me. She said, 
Now, when I talked to you, you was on fire. I, I was hoping you didn't go off on that lady. And I said, well, I don't know what I said to her. She said, well, the lady said you was real nice, and she came down here, and she gave me a check for three months. Well, she was only supposed to give me a check for two for one month, and she gave me a check for two other months, and said that um they're paying you, and then you can do you can put them out because if he's not going, and I was like, whoa, and she said, I'm wondering right now, what in the world did you say to that lady? Because she was saying how nice you were about it and everything, and I just told my grandmother, I let the Holy Ghost take over. Whatever he did, he did it, and sometimes. Even in our workplaces with our bosses, we just gotta we just gotta rely on that on, on the spirit of Christ is in us to respond to those that are over us. And I'm telling you, we will have a different outcome of some of the things that happen. It says we're good with goodwill doing service as to the Lord and not to men. And, and that's what we need to understand that, you know, we need to look at whatever we're doing and we're doing it in the eyesight of God. So it's not unto the man, but it's under God seeing us walking in his character. That's right. It ain't about the man, but it's about God seeing us in his character. Because the Bible says that the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous. God is always watching us. Amen. It says, knowing that whatsoever good thing any man doeth, the same shall be received of the Lord while he be bond or free. Mm-mm-mm. That's powerful in his own self. Yeah. Yeah. Whether, whether, whether we be bond or free, that God said that as long as we manifest his son's character, you know what I'm saying? He's well pleased. He's well pleased. And if anybody we need to please, we need to be able to please God. That's right. So true. We're always looking to please somebody else. But the only one that can add on to us or take away is God. So we, we need to be mindful. Yes. Of how we need to we we need to portray ourselves with authority. And we're going over to the duties of a master. Wow. I wanna to talk to all you pastors out there right now. Y'all need to listen to this one. All you people in leadership on this line tonight, you need to embrace what this word is gonna to say to you. And it says, ye masters, do not do the same thing unto them, forbearing, threatening, knowing that your master also is in heaven. Neither is there respect a person with him. Mm-mm-mm. Now that, that itself, this is more powerful. Because yeah. as a master... We need to have the same mindset because one word comes in that shows me about this, and I'm just going to share this, and I want you all to talk to me and tell me what you all feel because a lot of you all on this line right now are in leadership position. And it it lets me know 
if my if my servant is going to treat me good and treat me with the spirit of Christ, I need to be able to respond in the same thing because the word of God says, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Mm-hmm. And if my if if my servant or, or my workers are going to treat me good, I need to be able to treat them good. Yeah. If they're going to respect me, I need to respect them. And I need to respect them whether they respect me or not. Anyone want to share on that? Um, I would just like to say, yes, we do need to respect leadership, but we do need to, as long as we know um, it's the respect for word of God. But if a leader is coming to me with a, a, um, a word that's not of God um, and it's not in, in the book of what Jesus said, I will walk away. I will make a comment, knowing myself, I will make a comment that is not what Jesus said. But it's how, like, um, threatening. Um, threatening, we should not um, talk harsh words to a, mat, to a leader, or it's the way how we approach a leader. If a leader asks us a question of something to do that's out of the will of God, Amen. That it's disrespectful to just say, well, that did not, that was not, uh, Jesus did not say that. It's not in, the, in his word. That Amen. is not disrespectful, just saying that, you know, we're following the word of God, his word. But if he, if he said that, well, you, I'm your leader, I'm your God, and I, I, through my experience, some have said that, that they are God, they, when the bishop walk in, they some down to a bishop. They um, hold up and clap. And, and I used to do the same thing. Well, bishop walk in, yay, clap, clap, like he was God. And and I said, that in, um, like a, as we grow, the growth and, mat- and mat- um, maturity, and with the help of God, wisdom and understanding, now I can go to a conference, and when others are standing. I can clap, but I can still sit because he is not God. And that's not being disrespectful, but I feel that I'm clapping. He's the bishop, but we stand for God. We're supposed to stand for God. I mean, people worship. I'm, I'm keeping it real. They worship people more than they do God. I mean, they give they give the leader... Um, it's good to respect the leader and the man of God and the woman of God, but some get carried away like they're really like the man. Um, not with eye service, we're looking at them as though that's our God. Well, the thing is, you got to understand that there is then a human form, and we all have to be watchful that we don't take the spirit of the adversary because. When we are when we are, are modest somebody, we put certain people on certain pedestals 
and that when you put them on that telescope, some of them react to the telescope that you have put them on. Yeah. And, and that's just what happened with Lucifer. Lucifer was like the big dog under, under God, and, he, and, and all the angels put him on such a pedestal that he just thought, I'm, I'm better, I'm a God myself. Mm-hmm. And, we, and we do the same thing here on earth with yeah. certain people in leadership that we roll out a triple red carpet for them. I've seen leaders. And 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 I'm talking from where you where you were just talking from, but I've seen leaders that I've seen leaders a couple of leaders do the James Brown move that when they finish preaching they they sit down and people come and put cakes on them and they gotta walk out and oh man I'll be like all this shit because yeah after but y'all do this to them and y'all cherish these people like this yes it means and then when these people act ugly with y'all you know what I'm saying. Y'all don't understand it, but you put them in a place that they could act the way they want to act because they know you're going to accept it. Right. And that's not what, and God is telling us here, don't be that kind of master. That's right. He's telling us here that don't be that kind of master. He's saying here that a master has three commandments, to act in the same affectional consciousness manner towards your service. And, and and the thing, you know, that that I need to treat my people just like I want them to treat me. Right. You know what I'm saying? I've been to churches with pastors that talk to the 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 the, the people under them, the the armor bearers or whatever, talk to them like they're little children and act like they're real stupid and, and talk ugly to them. It's right. It's right. You know what I'm saying? And and and, and why are you doing that for? And then the tone of voice. And I'm like, that's a grown man. That's a grown woman. You better respect right. him. Exactly. Because you ain't going to do it. If you talk to me like that, <laughs> I'm going to give it to you. You I, ain't going to talk to me I, like I, that. I, You're not going to disrespect me. I don't care what title you got. doesn't make a difference about your title. Right. But you better respect me as being a man like you a man, a woman like you a woman. Amen. You know Amen. what I'm saying? Because I'm your brother, just like you my brother. I'm your, I'm your, you my sister, just like I'm your brother. And I'm going to respect you. If you can't respect me like that, then we don't need to deal with each other. Because my leader is supposed to be able to respect me just as well as I respect him or her. So and that's true. what the word of God says here. And it says, do not threaten your servants. The thing about it that a lot of people in leadership think they can threaten you and tell you and talk ugly to you any kind of way they want. And that ain't that ain't right. But the Holy Spirit don't don't tell a, a preacher up there in the pulpit. Um right now, some of you, y'all wigs wigs is twisted. You need to turn it back around or whatever. That's not the Holy Spirit. You don't, that, mm-hmm. you, uh, before a, group, a church of people and stuff, and especially young people, you don't say those kind of things. That's not, that's not Jesus. Um, Amen. Um, yeah. um, get your wig fixed, fixed back up or whatever. The Holy Spirit don't speak like that. No, I don't. They don't. Mm-mm. But a lot of them are not speaking through the Holy Spirit. They're speaking through their flesh. Amen. And you have, we have to understand that it also tells us to recognize 
that you have the same master as your servant and that there is no respect of person with him. And that's what we have to understand, that this this is well as I'm over you. I got somebody over me. Yeah. And the same person that's over me is over me and you. Right. And that's God. And if my God that has no respect of person, then I need to have no respect of person. That means no matter who you are, I need to show you the same respect that I show everybody else. Amen. That's true. And I'm not, and I'm, and if we go into gender, I need to respect a woman just like I respect a man. Amen. And this is what he's telling us as, as masters, as leaders, that we need to be able to do. We need to be able to respect. Yes. As being leaders, we need to be able to respect people. Without without a doubt and without no problem. Shouldn't even be a problem. We should be able to look at people that's under us and no matter what they do, we need to be able to counsel them in respect. We need to be able to confront them with respect. And we need to be able to chastise them with respect. You know what I'm saying? I don't mm-hmm. need to. I don't need to jump on you in front of everybody, but I take you into my pastor's study. Uh, I need to see you in the pastor's study. Oh no, no, the rest of y'all, y'all stay there. Just, just me and her need to talk, or me and him need to talk. And we stand there and we talk about it. And I tell you, this is what it's going to be. I'm not going to disrespect you in, in front of everybody. And this is not about disrespect. This is just about you following my order. That's it. And now, you know, we go back out, and we get back in front of everybody. Don't nobody know what we're talking about. Amen. And I think that so many people in leadership have to understand about confidentiality in whatever you do. When I talk to people in ministry, you know, in any corrective or whatever situation, that's between me and them. I'm not going to tell nobody what I did with them. True. That's between me, them, and God. So true. Because whatever order that you do things in is the same order that God is going to do things with you. Because if you embarrass somebody, when you mess up, God might embarrass you. He will. So, <laughs> so, so that what you the, the, he, he's watching how you handle his people. So when he got to handle you, he can handle you the same way you handle them. Right. Especially if we're not living right ourselves. That's what I'm saying. That's it. That's it. There ain't none of us living that that right. That that is that our life is that is that right. That right. That that, that there ain't no disorder. Because if we all was in order, we need to have wings and fly our bodies. That's true. And And ain't none of us us got to that place to have that our life is that perfect that we got wings. This is why when I post something um, on my Facebook post, sometimes I said um, the word is for me too because I'm healed. I can get conviction. I'm getting convicted too. But I have to put out God Jesus' word. And it's for me because I'm human just like you all. Amen. And that's the truth. And that is that is so true. 
Let's move on down to verse 10. And it says, finally, brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of the might. And that word finally is trying to tell us, having laid before you your high calling and the great doctrines of the gospel, I will now show you the enemies that will oppose you and how you can overcome them. And that's, it, that's, that's the word getting ready to take us into about why we want to put on the full armor of God. And that, that is going to be something for us really to hear about walking in the full armor. But just to finish up in verse 10, and it says, My brethren, be. And what, and what it's telling me in that B is talking about the 12 commandments for saints. Yes. Because it tells us to be strong in the Lord. Yes. Be strong in his power. Mm-hmm. You know, and we have to understand that we need to be able to put, we need to be able to exercise in the power of God. That's true. That's true. You know what I'm saying? I, I just like I said the last night. I get so tired of looking to the hills and coming your help when God has already exercised the power in you because He says that we deny the power that's within. Mm-hmm. He says that we have a form of religion denying that the power that's within us. So, so if there's power in us, let us stop denying it and let it have its way. That's it. That's right. Amen. It's not that God put us here and, and let us walk in his kingdom to be powerless, but do we exercise the power that we got? Amen. Good question. And we need to, we need to be able to exercise that power. Um, we're getting ready. Uh, Pastor Albright? Yes, Pastor. Okay. Pastor Albright is going to lead us through verse 11, and she's going to be talking about putting on the whole armor of God. Um, let's have it. Okay. We, I, I'm going to, I hate to go through this quick, but I have to get up in the morning and go to work. So, um All right, well, I'll go ahead. I'll do it then. I mean, I can start, but, um, I mean, so much in here. It's just, I don't want to rush, and, I mean, you know, I, we have to get a little work in the morning. I mean, I can start. I have my- All right, well, go ahead. Go ahead. Wherever you stop, I'll finish. <laughs> Hello, Minister Albright. Are you okay? <laughs> no, I have a horrible migraine. Um, mm. I really don't feel very good. So that's probably why I sound like I sound. All of the other well, if you, if you don't feel good, then I'll go on and I'll do it, Pastor. No, I, I will start, Pastor. Okay. All right. <laughs> God bless everyone just on the line. Um. The very first one is standing therefore, having your loins girded about with the truth. And 
what that is, um, putting on the armor starts with the church because it's a form of a firm conviction about the nature of God. <laughs> and we are confident about what God, who God is. So not only does this belt provide the functional ability to hold the additional pieces of your whole armor together, but when um, Paul was, was, was writing this, he was in jail, he was looking at the Roman soldiers. So not only does the belt, the, um, the armor starts with the, the truth, but it, um, it holds the additional pieces of your armor, and it gives the freedom for the soldiers to be swift in battle through the increased mobility. But the belt also produces stability by holding things in place. So we mm-hmm. first have to put on that belt, that truth. We first have to know who God is and believe who he said he is. So we have to know the truth. And that, that's, the, that's the, the main focus of the whole armor is knowing the truth of God. Well, let me ask you a question. Can I ask you a question? It says in that first, um, in the 11th verse, it says, put on the whole arm of God, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. What are are the wiles of the devil? What would you consider the wiles of the devil? The wiles of the devil is anything that the enemy comes against you with. Sickness, disease, depression, unbelief. You know, that that's the wild of the devil. Amen. Sorry, I didn't I didn't hear that, um, Minister Albright. Could you repeat that please? He he said what were the um can y'all hear me okay? Yeah, I can no, hear you now. You oh, sound okay. a little you sound a little muffled, but just... it's probably because I'm not trying to talk loud. Oh, okay. Oh. There you go. We can hear you now. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Is that better? Yeah. Okay. So he was asking what was the, the wiles of the devil, and mm-hmm. I told him anything that exalts itself against God, sickness, depression, disease, um, you know, anything that the enemy comes against us, those are the wiles of the enemy. Amen. Um, so, um, you know, things of that nature. Anything, like I said, that... You know, exalt yourself against God's word is the wild of the enemy. Our getting up, um, you know, our thoughts, how we think daily, um, even sometimes our actions um, can, you know, make us um, seem like that we're on the opposite side of the field, simply because we're human. And that's why we have to have ourselves prepared with this armor that when we go out, you know, not even just going out. You should prepare yourself when you get up in the morning, even if you're staying home, because situations come your way in your household. That's true. You know, it's not just going outside your household. Situations come to you in your household. So every morning that you get up, these are the essential things that you need in order to withstand what the enemy has for you, because he has a plan every day you get up. He's going to try mm-hmm. something every day to get you off track, to waver in your faith. So this is essential that when you get up in the morning, you know, when you pray, that you need to to gird up your loins with the truth, put on the truth. So, um, amen. So, 
don't see, I don't have Ephesians in front of me, Pastor, so I'm just going off of my notes. All right, go ahead. Okay. The next piece of Bible right, well, I'll, read, I'll oh. read it from Ephesians and you just explain it, okay? Okay. It says, uh, put on the full arm of God that we may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. And the 12th verse, it says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, <clears throat> excuse me, but against principalities, against powers, against the rules of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in the high places. Mm-hmm. You just tell me when to stop. It says, wherefore, take unto you the whole arm of God that you may be able to withstand the evil day, having done all to stand. Stand therefore, having your lawn, your lounge girdled about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness. Yes. Okay, stop right there with the breastplate of righteousness. All right. Okay. Well, to go back a little further with Pastor's reading, um, you know, a lot of times you have to understand that this is not a physical fight. Amen. Uh, this, this is a spiritual fight. This is a spiritual warfare. We're not warring against the person's flesh, but we're warring against the spirit that dwells within that person. Yeah. So I just wanted to clarify that because sometimes we you know, sometimes when we look and think about fighting, we're thinking about a natural fight, able to hit someone and physically touch them. But this is in the spirit. Spirit, right. So I just want to um just hit that a little bit. But having on the breastplate of righteousness and this is the next thing that Paul instructs us to do is to put on the bless, the breastplate of righteousness. And keep in mind that as we said, Paul was in prison and he was writing and he was speaking to the church of um, Ephesus. And he, he may have noticed the belt on the guard that kept everything in place. And then he happened to notice there was a metal plate that the guard wore over his coat, a chain, and it was to protect the chest and the back. And the primary, the soldier primary, you know, is his primary to protect the heart. And um, the reason why we need to protect our heart. Um, so if anyone could answer that question, then we'll go ahead on and, and explain a little further. Why, why would you need to protect the heart? Because um, everything drives from our heart. And what we do is the most precious place of who we are as being a human being and a child of God. It is the place that God searches to find out who we really are. And everything that that arrives or provides to our, our whole being comes from our heart. Amen. Mm-hmm. Amen. That is true. That is true. Our heart is the main function. And that's right. why if the heart stops, everything else stops. No matter what goes on, everything else stops. So it is the main pump. So therefore, it is the core. It's our very essential. And that if our spiritual pump stops, then everything else in our spiritual life stops. You know, when when um when we become Christians, you know, the Holy Spirit takes up residence in us. You know, it, it, the, the, the spirit in us is what makes our heart really pump. Because if we think about it, 
if we don't protect that heart, then we're not going to love right. You know, we because our heart is kind of like, you know like a feeling. We're not going to love right. You know, Amen. We, you know, we're just going to die because nothing is moving. The blood is not circulating through the body. The blood is not circulating. The blood of Jesus, I'm speaking of, is not circulating through your spiritual body. And when that mm-hmm. stops, then you you die. You spiritually die. So we have to protect our heart daily from all of the damage that comes, all of the hurt, all of the brokenness. And so we have to put on that breastplate of righteousness that even when somebody says something hurtful to us, that we're protected and we're guarded. And, you know, as, as, as I know you've heard the old saying, don't wear your heart on your sleeve. You know, don't let it be so visible and so easy to get hurt. But Amen. we have to put on a breastplate of righteousness in this walk because when you're in this walk, you're not going to have friends like you had friends when you was out there in the world in the club. You know, when you take on, when you, when you say yes to Jesus, when you say yes to God, you're going to lose so many people that you thought was your friend, and you're going to need that protection over your heart that you won't become hard-hearted towards them and begin to hate people and have malice and jealousy and all this other stuff flooded up in your heart. And then, then now you said yes to God, but now you're ready to go into a heart failure because you're going to have a heart attack because there's no blood the blood of Jesus is not spiritually going through you because you've allowed this hurt. So we need to protect our heart with the breastplate of righteousness. Amen. 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 And it goes on to say, your feet shun with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Yes. Amen. Amen. Because God knows our heart. God knows he made us. And he knows our heart. I can say to you all tonight, you know, um, Minister Albright, you know, I don't like you. And my heart can be saying something different, that I love you. But God, God knows our heart, even though we say something different out of our mouth. Mm-hmm. That's right. Even though I can say I hate you. Uh, and then he knows I'm, my heart is really knowing, saying I'm hate, I hate you. So he knows our heart. And that's why mm-hmm. we have to be. Like you said, very cautious and careful at our heart because a lot of health issues come from people who we thought that would not hurt us, families that we thought that would not turn away mm-hmm. from us, and it will cause health issues, even our heart to be damaged. So this That's is why right. we have to put on the full armor of God to mm-hmm. let him fix the situation, but we have to, as you say, we have to love right, um, mm-hmm. treat everybody right, and, and, mm-hmm. and let God fight our battles sometimes. But he wants to pull on the full armor of God not to let it affect us because we know that he will take care of it. Amen. 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 That's true. That's just, you know, the heart is, 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 is a muscle. And, you know, it's just like um, when, when you go to the doctor, and they say you have high blood pressure. And, you know, when you have high blood pressure, that everything constricts. Mm-hmm. Instead of dilates, it constricts and it tightens. And, and you have hardening of the arteries. And that's what happens to us in the spirit. Instead of um, dilating and letting all that stuff flow out and let the spirit of God flow through us, 
we will constrict all of that stuff on the inside of us until we get to the point where it's about to blow. Then, mm-hmm. then we have a soap or heart attack. You throw a clock, you know, and you could throw a clock in the spirit. You could stroke out in the spirit because now you've held all this stuff on the inside of you and you've let nothing of the Lord, you let nothing of Jesus flow through you, and now all of a sudden you, you're holding on to malice and hatred. You don't have no love, no joy, no peace, no tempers, no long suffering, no nothing. Right. Because you, you're so constricted. You know, so when we put on the breastplate of righteousness, we allow the Holy Spirit to come in and move on us. And, and um, as the dancer said, you know, we begin to love these people mm-hmm. that, that we wouldn't normally love. Right, exactly. Because we have allowed the Holy Spirit to come in and cleanse out of our hearts. Amen. Amen. So, um, <clears throat> okay, so, and, the, and your feet shone with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Now, the Roman soldiers wore, wore these sandals, and these sandals they wore were studded with, with nails. And the nails were firmly placed directly through the sole of a shoe, not to increase stability, but to increase stability. It wasn't for it to be durable, but they wanted to be stable. So it's kind of like the cleats that we use on football fields today. And, and it helped the soldier from slipping and sliding. And the traction gave them sure footing, which made them more mobile in battle, but at the same time, making it more difficult for the enemy to knock them down. Mm-hmm. So when Paul was telling us to put on his shoes, he was talking about being able to stand in a firm, stationary position that when the enemy comes in, that if he's not easily, you're not easily thrown off track. Amen. You know, you're not, he can't knock you off because now you are in a stationary position that when he comes in, you know, if somebody, if it, we, we use, I think the last time, if the doctor came and said you had cancer, mm-hmm. you can say, I may have it in my physical body, mm-hmm. but I believe that by his strife that I am healed. Yes, yes. So now you are in a stationary position to receive the healing. Now, I don't know if your healing is going to be on this side or your healing is going to be when you get to heaven. But you know that the word says, by his stripes, you are healed. Amen. If you go to your refrigerator and you open it and you see nothing there, the mm-hmm. Bible tells us that he will supply all of our needs according to his riches and glory. So you know that your needs are going to be met because of the word of God. So now you are in a firm position that even when the enemy comes in and you go get your test results and the doctor says, well, I just know things don't look good, you can still stand firm on the word of God. And the enemy can't easily knock you off. When you don't have your feet prepared with the gospel, when you can't quote a couple of scriptures in a time of need, the enemy has you because you don't have anything to fight back with. Right. You have no artillery. You have no bullets. You have no nothing. You are standing there butt naked in the spirit, and the devil is whipping your hands off. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, so we have to be 
position, and we have to be in a position that we can hear God, that when we begin to speak these things, don't just, you know, sometimes I think people just speak stuff sometimes to be speaking it. The death know when you hear it and when you play it. Amen. So we have to be really speak with authority when we are preparing our feet with the gospel. Amen. Amen. And the next part says, above all, I like that. It says, above all, take the shield of faith mm. wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Hallelujah. Thank Glory you. to God. Amen. Put my faith as my shield. Mm. Amen. And it says above all. Above all. That's what he said, above all. He said, yeah, you did it. You got everything else. But above all, take the shield of faith. Take the shield of faith. Amen. <laughs> Amen. You will he made that stand out. I love the way he made it stand out. Above all. Above all. Yes. Hallelujah. It's like he says, I don't care. You could, you got it. You could have all them other things, but above all those things that you got, you need to have this shield. Mm. Mm. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Pastor. Go ahead. You're fine. You that are got fine. Me, that got me excited. <laughs> <laughs> chill, chill, chill. Amen. And so you can withstand. Therefore, wherefore ye able you should be able to, to quench all the fire darts of the wicked. Mm-hmm. So when we look at taking on our shield of faith, amen, amen. What is faith? Hmm. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the there evidence of things not seen. Things not seen, that's why. Amen. I'll tell you how powerful it is. God says, without faith is impossible to please God. Mm-hmm. Those that come unto him must believe that he is a reward of mm-hmm. those who diligently seek him. That's right. <laughs> Amen. 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 So when we think about this shield, let's think about it in the terms of a baseball player who suits up for a game. Mm-hmm. He never removes his uniform, but he picks up his bat and he picks up his gloves as needed. Mm-hmm. So while the bat and the gloves are provided by the team and made available to him at all times, it is the baseball's responsibility to grab them and use them when he's supposed to. So therefore, no one forces him to do that. Just as God does not force that shield of faith or the helmet of salvation or the sword of the spirit into our hands, but he, he provides them for us, and it's up to us to pick them up. Yes. God, you know, because God makes this available to us. He, he instructs us how to use them when the situation calls for them. Now, the Roman soldier's shield would be suited in a way that the soldiers could crouch down and hide underneath it when being targeted by arrows. So when we put on our shield, when positioned correctly underneath of it, we are protected from the dark. We're protected from what the enemy throws at us. Yes. So, you know, even here it tells us that, you know, the, the soldiers can even intertwine their arms together and, and hold on to one another. 
that the whole entire army be hidden. And that's how it is in the spirit. When we hold on to one another in the spirit and we intertwine our arms, my God, and when we begin to pray for one another and believe and have faith that God's going to do what he's going to do, the whole entire body is protected. So whenever the arrows are thrown, the javelins, whatever that the enemy has to throw against us, when we are under that shield of faith, my God, it, 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 it can't bother us. That's right. You know, it's it's it, it, it's doing the the evil days. It's, well, it's doing the time when we're under attack. Yeah. When our finances are low, when we're sick, when we lost our jobs, when our children are acting crazy, our spouses are acting crazy. You know, we have to be under that shield of faith, hey, and man. we have to understand that you know the word of God is going to stand. He said, oh, all things work together for the good of them that love the Lord. Amen, amen, that's right. So so we have that faith, and, and we know that God is going to do exactly what we've asked him to do. Then we understand that when the enemy sits, see, we are a target, first of all. He just don't throw something in the air, or, or they just don't get up, you know, just get up in the morning and say, oh, well, I'm going to throw um, this, this ball of sickness against the wall, and if it hits the wall, it's split in five different places. If it hits Sister Boo-Boo to nowhere. No, you are targeted. The mm-hmm. enemy knows exactly what he wants to put against you. He knows. He knows how long he can do it. He knows how much you're going to take. He knows how far to go. But when you get underneath the shield of faith, mm. then nothing, nothing, no weapon that is formed against you shall Amen. It, it may begin to form, but that's all it's going to do. It right. can't prosper. Right. You know, we have to understand that the enemy is just like, like the word says, he's like a roaring lion seeking whom he can devour. Yeah, yeah. And we have to put that shield of faith on. Amen. Amen. Daily. Daily, so that in that time of need that we can hide. You know, when the enemy comes in like a flood, you know, God would set up a standard against him. Amen. We've got to get underneath that faith, that shield of faith. Mm-hmm. Thank you. We, we, we need that faith. Amen. We need to have faith. Faith is what makes us go on every day. You know, if we lose our faith, we're in trouble. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, we will be. Because God did not give us a spirit of fear, but a power of love in the child mind. Mm. And we can't walk mm. out there. We, start, we have to be prepared daily, every day. Every mm. day. Mm-hmm. Every day. That's right. Every day. Every day. It goes on to say, <clears throat> and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Amen. 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 Take the helmet of salvation. (laughs) Come on. The helmet. Mm -hmm. My God, the helmet, the main purpose of a helmet is to protect your head from injury. Yes. To keep your brain from going from side to side and back and forth. Mm. And inside the helmet normally is padded like they have for football players. 
So the brain must be protected at all times. Because if the brain is injured, the body is going to be messed up. Yes. If your heart stops, you're going to die. If the wires in your brain has crossed, you're going to have all kinds of issues. So we have to understand that our helmet is made to protect our thinking process so that we're able to cast down those vain imaginations that exalt itself against the word of God. And then the spiritual realm, the mind has to be protected with a helmet to be able to absorb the shock of being hit by the enemy. But sometimes we sit there and we get to think of some crazy thoughts. Mm-hmm. That's, just, that's, that's why we need the helmet of salvation so that the enemy can't come in at our weak moment. And we have to guard our minds with the truth. Because when we begin to think, or if, if you are in a situation where you're in need of something, and, and um, you know, sometimes thoughts come in, thoughts come in, things like this be real, thoughts come in. You know, yeah. you may be in a dire need, and you be like, well, Lord, if I, if I, you know, okay. This is what I ask my husband all the time. I, I, I pray this out sometimes. And you know when you go to the ATM machine, you put your little card in. Yeah. And you say, oh, you want to withdraw $100. Mm-hmm. But $800 come out. Mm-hmm. What are we going to do? Most people would say, well, that's the bank fault, not mine. I'm going to keep this extra $700. Yes. But that's when the helmet of salvation comes in. And we cast down those thoughts because it's not our money. We're Amen. We know we didn't. We put in for a hundred dollars, and we may only have two hundred dollars in our account. So we know that extra money is not ours. So that's when we have to start to guard our mind and cast down these thoughts of the enemy. Because the enemy is telling you, don't nobody know when they got you right here on camera. Mm-hmm. So you took it. So we, we have to have the helmet on to protect our minds so that we can think godly, that we can we can act godly, and we can do godly things. So if you don't have your helmet on, and the enemy's going to hit you all upside your head, and you're going to have a concussion, now you run around and, and you've forgotten what you need to be doing in the spirit realm because now you, you have a concussion. When you have a concussion, you can't think right. So true. You you need your helmet on to protect yourself helmet from your Yes, Pam, to guard your mind. Well, you know, we, we we definitely do because it helps us to not to understand what God says when he says we need to cast down every thought that exalts itself against the knowledge of God Mm-mm-mm. and bring every thought under the captivity and the obedience of Christ. That that we got our helmet on, we don't have to worry about the enemy when we're in battle attacking our thoughts against him. Mm-hmm. You know, and 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 that's a deep place for any of us. And we thank God for the helmet of salvation because we're always attacking our mind all day. Even in like I like I told I tell people. A lot of us get attacked in our prayers. We get attacked in everyday life. It, the adversary attacks our thoughts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
And he knows he knows that if we ever if we got the helmet of salvation, we won't pay attention to whatever thought he attacks our helmet with. Mm-hmm. Amen. And you know, and uh, 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 again, because for example, when um, one time a lady, an old lady, was um, looking in her pocketbook and she missed and dropped um, two hundred dollars in Walmart, and I was behind her, and I said, "Oh, she won't look back." I'm a, this is my blessing right here. So I took the two hundred dollars, and during that week, I said, "What happened to two hundred dollars? I bought some stuff, but what happened?" The next thing, I was getting phone calls about my house payment, my phone bill, <laughs> cable didn't had nothing. Everything was getting ready to shut down, and you know I could say this to. Let anybody know. Sometimes when you pick up stuff or uh, get stuff that don't belong to you, um, and it happened to me before, and I end up giving the person back what they dropped, and I got blessing during that week. So yeah. that's why when I had my helmet on, but when I didn't have my helmet on, and taking somebody money that actually dropped on the floor on the, on the floor of Walmart and kept it to myself, and knowing that everything is shutting down, God wasn't pleased with that. He would, he would make us know that what we did was wrong. That's stealing. Well, you know, the word of God tells you those, that, those that know to do good and don't do it, that a heap, a heap of stuff is all falling on you. So the thing about it, we try to see things like like I talked about the other day, the same thing, evangelist. We see people drop something. Mm-hmm. We can't think that that's a blessing for us because we saw them drop it, and we have the opportunity to give it back to them. Right. But yet we'll let the devil come and put our mind that that's a blessing. <laughs> and pick it up, or we'll stand there and hope they don't see it and keep walking till they're gone, and then pick it up and say that's a blessing. But if you see somebody drop something, you can't call that a blessing. That's right. Now you can't call it a blessing. Now, if I walk up on it and I didn't see them drop it, I don't, and it is there, and I pick it up, then I'm going to say I've been blessed. Mm-hmm. It's a different. But if you got knowledge of what happened, that ain't no blessing. And we can't let the devil put it our thought. To make something seem that's wrong, the devil will try to make us look at it as being right. That's right. That's right. The helmet is off. You have no, we have no helmet on. Because mm-hmm. if somebody wants to do, um, we wants to do, we wants to, to take um, monies up, even in anything that's not of God. We want to do it. Sometimes it don't be the devil all the time. It's because of, we, of our flesh. We want to do it. And we have yeah, that help. You want to do it. You want to do it. You know, it's, it's, it's a shame that even in the midst of stuff that we have to find out and understand sometimes we got to take accountability for what we do and not yes. say it was, it was the adversary or right. the enemy. Because sometimes it's you, and, and, and God loves a person that will take their own accountability for when they did something wrong. So true. Amen. He does. Amen. Amen. Okay. 
Pastor. We back to you. We back to you, Pastor. The word of the, the word of the Spirit, which is I mean, the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. This is the only piece in the arsenal that is an offensive weapon. Everything else that we talked about is designed to hold you steady for what the enemy seeks to bring against you. Now, God has suited you up with the outfit for battle and the additional weapon with which you can attack in advance. So when Paul was looking at these soldiers, he saw that they had two different types of swords. One of them was a longer sword, about three feet in length, and the other sword was about 24 inches in length. And in these, these swords, they used for battle. But the one that they used the most it's kind of like um, a little um, dagger. And most of us know this is a little dagger, about three feet in inches, a little small knife. And that is the one that they used the most because when they were up close on one opponent, it was easy to pull out and it was easy for them to, to make a, a kill, for them to... to um, stab them in the right place to kill them. And that's what we need. That's the sword, the word. That's what we need, a quick word in a time of, of defense <coughs> against the enemy, a solitary attack against the enemy. We need a word that's going to deliver a death blow to him. Mm-hmm. So we have to be suited with the word, as we said, at all times. We have to know when to speak that word, the authority to speak it in, how to speak it in, and then you yeah. be quick and you need to stop him in his tracks. When you see him coming, you need to begin to speak the word of God. If you can't say nothing but Jesus. That's right. That's right. Amen. The word says that demons bow, they tremble, they got to flee at the name of Jesus. And yeah. if you can't think of anything else to say, Begin to call on the name of Jesus. Begin to plead the blood. The enemy don't like the blood. So you begin to plead the blood, and that's a death blow to him right there. He's like stopping his tracks. So we have to keep the word hidden in our heart that we may not sin against. We have to put on this armor that we can withstand the wiles of the enemy, withstand depression. Withstand sickness, disease, hurt, all this stuff that that harbors in us. We have to be able to put this armor on, so that we can walk right. That we will be acceptable yes. unto the sight of God. And we have to be ready for battle every day, every yes. hour. You know, because we we have to really understand. That this armor that was given to us, that that Paul spoke about as he sat in the jail cell. Yes. This is what God has given us. It is our responsibility to put these items on daily and to keep them polished. 
You know, have you ever seen a soldier in the army with unpolished boots? If you see a soldier in the army with unpolished boots, he'll stick out like a sore thumb. The same with us in the spirit. If the world sees us with unpolished armor, we're going to stick out like a sore thumb. Amen. If we say that we are children of God and um, we got on our helmet of salvation, but we out there indulging in foolish conversation because our mind's been unguarded, we've been hit upside the head. Mm. You know, if we out there and um, somebody need a word and we can't even speak a word, where's our where's our score? Where, where what happened to us? You know, if we out there and and enemy to knock us down, that means that we we won't even stand on the word of God from the start, right? Because we allowed Him to come in and push us down. We have to polish our armor daily. And we polish our armor by praying, spending time with God, fasting, um, spending time with other men and women of God with our shocking arm. So, you know, God has given us this armor, and we ought to keep it polished daily. And it ought to reflect him every time we walk out the door, every time we get up. The armor we put on ought to reflect the God we serve. So yeah. it, is, it is our responsibility to put this armor on daily. Um, back to you, Pastor. Pastor Crockett. Amen. 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 I'm, let me just hold on for one minute. Let me. Oh, And you know what's exciting? Another thing that's exciting about the armor, your mm-hmm. armor is your armor. Right. You, I can't put on Evangelist um, Williams' armor, and Evangelist Williams cannot put on my armor. Right. Our yes. armor is, is designed and suited for individual use. But we can connect together yes. in our armor. Yes. That we may form a circle of protection around each and every one. Yes. But your armor is your armor. You can't put on somebody else's armor. Because True. what Evangelist Williams may be able to withstand, I might not be able to withstand. Mm-hmm. So your armor is your armor. And that's why it's your personal responsibility to pick it up daily, like the baseball player. He picked yes. up his bat and his glove because those are things that were provided for him to go with his outfit. So we have to we have to put our outfit together daily. Yeah. Amen. Are you back, Pastor? Yeah. Not back yet. But those, those, um, <clears throat> we really have to be mindful. And it's just an awesome Amen. thing. Amen. You're back, Pastor? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just like... Okay. I was working on this phone to get it to record, to finish the recording, but it, then the devil done got a hold of it, so I'm have it. Anyway, <laughs> I'm not going to let him stop us. We thank you for doing that part for us. Let's just go on and finish up in the other part here. As, as the Word tells us to keep praying. 
and and we we just thank we thank Pastor for just sharing with us on the parts of the armor. Yes. In the 18th verse, it says, pray always with all prayer and, and supplication in the spirit, watching unto with all preservation and supplication for all saints. And one of the things that that, that is so powerful, even with with the um, even with the um, the armor, is that we got to pray. We yeah. got to pray. You know, it, it lets us know here one thing about prayer. It says that the prayer is not classed as a part of the armor, but is an additional and very important part of the fight against the spiritual powers of, of evil. And it is because you know we once once we put on the armor and we get into prayer and and we pray for each other with the with the armor on, you know what I'm saying? It empowers it empowers the 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 authority of of the of the of the armor. Mhm. Mhm. It empowers it because. It says with all prayer, and that means with all kinds of prayer, public, private, church, and family prayer, you know, we're going to pray for everything to be guarded and covered with the armor of God. Mm. Mm. And then it says supplication in the spirit, and, and, and that's the deep part because we're, we need to not stop pleading until our prayers answer. See, see we, we start praying, and, and, and we give it over to God. You know, we have these people tell us, oh, you don't need to keep praying for the same thing, same thing. But why did God tell us that we should pray unceasingly? If we're going through something, we need to keep praying for that thing unceasingly until we see it come to fold. And, baby, when you're in a battle, you need to keep praying until your victory comes. Amen. Amen. Yeah, the victory is yours, but you got to keep praying till you see your victory. So true. And then it says about thereunto with all preservation and supplication for the saints. And it just lets us know that we we it it firms, and we be you know we need to pursue. Always intent upon your objective in prayer. We need to always pursue what we're objecting in our prayer. Yeah. We need to pursue it. And I'm telling you that there's nothing more powerful than prayer. Amen. So true. Because no matter what we go to do, we when we get ready to put on our armor, we need to we need to pray to prepare ourselves for the war we get ready to fight with our yeah. armor. Yeah, yeah. It goes on to say in the nineteenth verse, and it says, "For me, that unrest may be given unto you." And let me tell you what Paul is talking about here: that I may open my mouth boldly and make known the mysteries of the gospel. And um, just to explain this to you, what Paul is saying, he's telling three reasons that we should pray for our, for, our, for our preaching. We need to pray for the people that preach. Mm-hmm. 
And the three reasons that Paul is saying here when he says, and for me that the utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mysteries of the gospel, that we need to be able to pray for those that go out and preach the word of God, for inspiration utterance, for boldness in preaching, and for clarity of the gospel of preaching, that, that people be able to hear clearly what that preacher is saying. And we need to be able to have people that's going to preach boldly about the gospel of Christ. That's right. You know what I'm saying? We got a lot of people that, that want to preach stuff to make you feel good and don't want to preach stuff that's going yeah. to convict yeah. you. And we yeah. need people that's going to be bold to preach what God says that needs to be preached in the place that he sends them. Amen. Because we don't need people to come preach to us to make us feel good when everything around us is going wrong and all hell on broke loose. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the thing about it that that it broke loose because we were partakers of what happened. We cannot be sugar coders. No sugar coders. And we sure don't need people to come preach to us in part. You know? Mm-hmm. And we have a lot of people that do that. That come and preach in segments to us. They give us this this Sunday, and then they want to preach the rest next Sunday. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I just don't believe in that. If you're going to give it to me, give it to me. Give it all to me. Here's your fed for the whole week. That's it. Oh. Give it all to me. And it goes on in the 20th verse. It says, for which I am an ambassador. Mm-mm-mm. In bond, that therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Now y'all gotta y'all gotta catch that one. I love what he says. And he was in bondage, but he still was speaking as an ambassador of Christ. Yeah. It don't matter where you're going or where you at. You should always be able to speak about your Lord and Savior and the word that he has, he has fortified to be sprung out of you. Because you know what? Wherever you go, you are living water. Mm-hmm. You are the living water wherever you go. If there ain't no water, you're the living water. And that's why he said, for I am an ambassador in the bond, because he's in jail, that therefore I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. It don't matter what condition you're in, what place you're in, that, that if it comes to you to speak about the gospel and the, and the work of Christ, you should not be hindered. You should be bold enough to speak up and let them know who you belong to. That's right. That's right. You should let them know. And that's what Paul is saying. I'm in jail, but I'm still going to let them know who I belong to. Amen? Jesus, amen. That's right. You're supposed to let them know. Anybody have anything to say over over I read from the 18th to the 20th chapter? Anybody want to make, have anything to say? 
All right, then. We're going to go on and finish this up. As Paul went into the conclusion and the benediction of this last chapter, this last chapter of Ephesians, he says, but that ye also may know my affairs and how I do. I can't, I think that name, that name is Tetelius, a beloved brother and faithful minister in the Lord shall make known to you all things. Whom I have sent unto you for the same purpose that ye may know our affairs and that he might conform your hearts. He says, peace be to the brethren and love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be with all them that love our Lord Jesus Christ in sincerity. Amen. Amen. And Paul closed this out in such a gracious way that he said that I'm sending somebody to tell you the affairs that are going on. And and I think that is one thing. We always got people to tell us about what's going on sometimes, and then some people don't want to tell us. But whatever God is doing, God will never leave us clueless to what he's doing. Oh, no. And just as well as Paul sent the messenger unto the unto the people of, of Ephesians. God sends messages unto us to let us know what is going on. I think what's the name made a record? Paul Morton. He said, Don't do it without me. Oh yeah. The thing about it that God is always going to let us know what he's doing because he is not going to do it without us. And I love this ending part of what Paul said, that he would send somebody to let them know what was going on, that it might comfort your heart. And God is always going to comfort us. God is always going to comfort us in all that that goes on in his kingdom. I, I anybody got anything they want to say? I'm I'm here. We, we I, I had a good time. I thank Pastor Albright for just sharing about the armor. Um, that really, she really did a, a tremendous job, and God used her to, to open yeah. us up to understand yeah. about about the different parts of the armor, you know, because we, we need to start putting them on. We need to know how they operate, and we need to know what they're for. Hallelujah. You know, and some people take us through these lessons like this about the full armor of God, and they just read what it says, but they don't tell you how to operate it. Mm-hmm. You know? How do you how do you use use your blessed plate? How do you what is your what is your helmet for? And how does these these things protect you 
from the war, the warfare that you're fighting that is not carnal but spiritual. And I, I just think that that, whew, that we we really enjoy Ephesians. Yeah. And I'm telling you, embrace it. Go back, read over it. Get get what God has warned you because even though we went through it, I'm even going to go back and read it and do what the Word says. That sometimes we got to go back and read a Word and meditate on it. Yeah. And we need to go back and meditate over this lesson. Because we, we got all week to go back through this whole thing and meditate this week and get what God got for us because we won't be back to Bible study the next Monday. And if y'all join me on the other Bible study that I'm, that I'm teaching, I'm teaching out of the book of Job. So we're in a whole different place in that Bible study. But I'm telling you, it is nothing like the word. Uh, uh, I just want to go back and share one thing. She talked about the um, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. It tells me about the spirit always acts in harmony with the written word of God. It should be quoted in times of temptation, and it will cut in pieces the snares of the enemy. But let me tell you something. If you ain't got no word in you, how can you use your soul? That's so true. So true. You got the sword, but what activates your sword is the word of God that's in you. Mm-hmm. The limit, the limited, the limited amount of word in you is how how limited your sword has power. Mm-hmm. Can I tell you that again? The limited word that you have in you, when you put your sword up, is going to be the limited power that your sword has. Hallelujah. And that's what that word just was telling us right there. When it said the spirit always acts in harmony with the written word of God. It acts in harmony. The spiritual sword acts in harmony with the written word of God that's in you. That's why David told the Lord, he said, I shall write your word on my heart. <laughs> that I may not offend thee. You know what I'm saying? Because he had to he had to have it in a place that it would activate whenever something happened that he would be able to use it. It's the same thing with us. That in order for us to use that sword, we have to put the word in us that the word may activate the power of that sword that we may be able to cut down. Yeah. Anything that the adversary may bring against us. Amen. I'm hoping someone got that. Yeah. But to God be the glory. It's that time. Um, we thank everyone for being here. Um, we're going to go on, and we're not going to close out without doing what God has instructed us to always do. If anyone doesn't know the Lord, at this time we open the doors of salvation to you. You can come and uh, receive him right now in the name of Jesus. Anyone.
Well, we thank God that everyone on the line knows God and those that may not and who may not have spoke up. But we tell you one thing, whenever you do receive him in your life and open up the doors to be a part of his kingdom, find you a Bible-teaching church that someone will teach you the word of God and not their doctrine, but the word of God from, from his Bible. And I'm telling you, you'll be lifted up and be able to walk very powerful in your walk of salvation. Amen. Um, we're not, we just offer, if anyone needs prayer right now, we will pray for you. But to God be the glory. We thank that everybody's in, in their right place and are prayed up. But we will pray over everyone on the line. I don't mind doing that kind of prayer. I just don't do them corporate prayers. But I call corporate prayers when everybody tells you what they want and you get all everybody and then you pray over the whole thing. I don't like those prayers. But I will pray over everybody on the line. Father God, right now in the name of Jesus, we ask you to touch all those that have an ear to hear what the Spirit is saying to their church tonight. And Father God, we just thank you. We thank you for them. We ask you to cover them in a mighty and powerful way, Father God. Father God, we ask you to render unto them what's due them according to your will and your purpose in their lives. Father God, we ask you to let your let a fresh anointing flow in their lives, Father God. And Father God, we ask that you order their footsteps before them. And Father God, we ask that you let them go to rest in peace tonight and be able to wake up on due time tomorrow morning and that you touch them with the love that you have for them, that they may see another day in your kingdom and be able to walk and lift up and praise your son's name in a mighty and powerful way tomorrow. And they may be a blessing to somebody, someplace, somehow tomorrow. In your mighty name, Jesus, we thank you. We thank you for them. And, Father God, we ask you to look over their children, their children's children, Let's go. And we ask you to look over those that are dear and loving unto them and cover them, whether they're in the rest home, whether they're in a hospital, wherever they may be, Father God, that you touch them on behalf of them because of the faith that they have in you and the obedience to come on your prayer line and be a joint factor in your word, Father God. We ask you just to touch them through their obedience. In Jesus' name, we declare these words. Amen, amen, amen. Mm-mm-mm. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord. We thank you. We thank you. And we 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 are we are gonna give anyone any last comments that they wanna make before we leave about the word of God. Evangelist, you have anything you'd like to say? I would just like to say thank you for um as always, the um, bringing the message, the instruction, um, the thank knowledge, God. his word. I thank God for the message. I thank um, Minister Albright for um, her wisdom of each verse of the word as well as you. And I, um, it's important for us all to get understanding of God's word, and we got that tonight. Ephesians 6. And I, I and want everybody just to have a blessed night, and 
pray one to another. Pray for each other. And thank you. Thank you. Amen. Right as well. Amen. And we thank God for you, evangelist. We thank God for you, woman God. Um, Prophetess Pamela, would you want to say something before we leave? I just um, found a word tonight to be very uplifting um, to me. You guys were, well, all of it, but you guys were also speaking about the basically going back to the old way of doing things, of how we were disciplining children and how we, um, the children would respect, like, the the man of the house. And, and not only the man of the house, but the adults in all of the community, because even though I'm younger than you, but that's how it was when I was coming up. And you're right, it took a whole village to raise the children, and anybody uh, could actually discipline you. And you didn't want that because you had to get a listen by everybody for that one thing that you did. Um, and then putting on the armor. And it's been uplifting to me, you know, even though some of these things I know that sometimes you get to hear those things, just kind of refreshing some things in our memory. And it encourages, it's been encouragement to me. Amen, amen, amen. We thank you. We thank you. We have a guest, guest 11. Would you want to say anything about the word tonight? Are you talking to Reverend Carpenter? No, we have a, a guest, guest number 11 that's on the line, and I was just asking them if they want to make a comment or something. But we thank God for them, for them being here and joining us tonight. Amen. 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 Uh, with that, we thank everyone. We, we look forward. We, we're going to go on. And, uh, again, we look for everyone to join us, those that do join us tomorrow night with uh, Pastor Albright on her line. Please look on my page and see the information. And please, we look forward to you joining us back here on this line on Wednesday night to come and hear the word from Apostle Ezra, Ezra Hayden. So y'all come and join us and hear that man of God. With that, as we always say in reading this line, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Everyone have a blessed and wonderful night. And please keep your eye on the Bible room. I need some responses to the virtuous woman. Amen. 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 Good night. Good night. Bless you all.